Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. True Hauntings is a Human Labs original podcast. Perhaps the most notorious witch trial of the 17th century, that of the Pendle Witches, is one of the many dark tales of imprisonment and execution at Lancaster Castle. Twelve people were accused of witchcraft, one died while held in custody, eleven went to trial. Only one was found not guilty. It was an unusual trial in that it was documented in an official publication, The Wonderful Discovery of Witches in the County of Lancaster, by the clerk of the court, Thomas Potts. The story has remained as a well-known legend due to the detail of the events and gives us a glimpse into the fear that possessed people living in small villages where their lives depended on not starving to death. Pendle Hill and the surrounding area holds firm to the history of the witch trials and many tales of disturbing hauntings and apparitions have been seen. Hi, I'm Anne. And I'm Renata. Join us as we look more deeply into the story of the witches of Pendle Hill in this episode of True Hauntings Podcast. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Hey, Renata, how are you? I'm better than you, Anne. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I am really dredging deep to try and get this happy, cheery voice on today. And you're doing really well. Oh. You've not been well, love. I, I know. I've got a tad 
just a little touch of bronchitis. Yes. You probably hear it in my voice as well. It's yeah. not my sexy voice I'm putting on for everyone. This is my I'm nearly dying voice. Um, yeah. And you've done all the rat tests. And isn't that a terrible name for it? Rat yep, tests? Yep. I have actually done rat tests for five days straight, sticking that thing up my nose and swishing it around. Yeah. And uh, then I had a day or two off and then I had to start again. So I've done seven rat tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, Costing us a fortune. Yeah. yeah. Like at ten dollars a pop, yeah. Um, but that's what you got to do if that's you're going to be. You do. <coughs> I'm going for sympathy there. If you want to go out in public, so mm. um, and we've had some tours on, and yes. I have to make sure I am safe. Yes. To go out in the public. Yes. Yes. So I'm a martyr. Oh, I need you, sympathy. Oh, you poor thing. And then what happened today? Just to top it all off. Yeah, you got stung by a wasp. Yeah, one of those friggin' red wasps. I walked out of the door of my friend Louise's house. Renata went first. Didn't touch her, did it? No. Then I followed out afterwards, just turned around and said goodbye. And I went, ow, ow, ow. And I grabbed my shirt. I've pulled it backwards and I felt something go out of my skin. And then I saw something go flying off. I went, what the hell was that? <laughs> ow, ow, ow. That was a ruddy great big red wasp. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we we treated it quickly, put a ice pack on it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I then I started going. Oh, what if I have an anaphylactic shock on the drive home? What if I swell up and I'll be I'll be by myself? How will I survive? <laughs> How will I call the ambulance? So I rang my husband and said, "I'm driving home now. If I don't make it, you know why?" Oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I'm just a little over dramatic. You didn't put your bubble of protection on. Oh you? no. No, right. No bubble of protection. Where was my orb of protection oh, when I needed it? Don't know. Don't know. Oh. So we do hope that everyone has had a fabulous Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Um, well, we have actually wished them all Happy New Year in the last podcast, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah. This we're, we're still recording this in December. Yeah. This is how dedicated we are. Mm-hmm. It is the 30th of December today that we are recording to make sure that we've got enough podcasts out for you guys. And thank you for all the responses that we had to the message that we put out. Now, which one was it in? Was it the... um the last one. Yeah, I know. What was the one about the... It was a witch's prison. It was another witch's prison. Uh, the cage. The cage. And we asked people to tell us as a Christmas present what was their favourite one. Mm-hmm. And so many people came over and told us. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. very gratifying. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, the Paranormal Awards for 2021... Mm, they'll be... Have, uh, uh, the nominations have been um, out. They've been and submitted. Yes, so by this stage... We all, hope. All nominations are now closed. Closed, and we're going to hopefully hear maybe something about True Hauntings podcast coming oh, up. I hope we get nominated. I'd be really excited yeah, to be nominated. It would. It would I'd be, be awesome. even more excited to win something. But, you know, I'll take a nomination. Nominations are good. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But let's get into this story. We're sort of um, into the kind of witch sagas at the moment, which is awesome. Uh, and this one is very close to our hearts because we've been to Pendle Hill. We have. That was our first. Was that our first big overseas trip together? Um, it, I think it, it was. Could have been yes. Two thousand and eighteen. Two thousand and eighteen. That was our trial to see how we went with each other, and it turned out to go quite nicely. It did. <laughs> It. So um, from we went again the next year, and then we would have gone the next year. 
Feck you, COVID. Yes. All right. Yes. So we're going to, um, as as we talk, we, we will um, share a few little stories and things of things that happened to us. But this this is a great bit of English history. So let's get on with the story. My story begins on the 18th day of March in the year 1612. I was nine years old and my life began to change on that day. My mother and my grandmother, she demanded of the peddler to buy some pins of him. But the peddler sturdily answered her that he would not lose his pack. And so she parting with him. Presently, there appeared to her the black dog, which appeared unto her as before. Which black dog spake unto her in English, saying, What wouldst thou have me do unto yonder man? To whom she said, What canst thou do at him? The dog answered again, I can lame him. Whereupon she answered and said to the black dog, Lame him. And before the peddler was gone forty rods further, he fell down lame. And she then went after the peddler, and in a house about the distance aforesaid, he was lying lame. And so she went begging in Trawden Forest that day, and came home at night. Well, that uh, little snippet came from a book called The Wonderful Discovery of Witches by Robert Poole. And it was actually part of the transcript from the Witches' Trials, wasn't it? Yes. So the Witches' Trials were actually subscribed um, or scribed by a... Uh, Thomas Potts, was it? Thomas Potts. That's correct. Thomas Potts. A clerk. That's what I was looking for. Clerk of the court, Thomas oh, Potts. Yes, yes. Um, and it was written in ye olde Englishy. Yes. And really, really difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to understand and so it has been reworded or uh, made fresh so that us uh, commoners can read it now in common English and um, I actually picked this book up at Pendle Hill. You did? Yes. Oh my god and then you've you've told me like a day or two ago she's gone look what I've got. I know I realised I had these beautiful books at home. She's handed me this book on Witches and Ghosts of Pendle Hill and the Ribble Valley by Jacqueline DeVitt. And I've gone, oh my God. And I've now got all little sticky tags hanging out left, right and centre because I've got stories to tell you. Yes, you certainly do. But before you go into the stories of the hauntings, and literally every corner of that county is haunted, let me tell you. Uh, I want to go uh, into the history of the Pendle Hill Witch Trials. Do you remember when we were going to England the first time and I found this trip and I've rung you up and I've gone, Renata, I found this really good weekend. It's a great weekend, but it's expensive. Can we can we please do it? And she goes, what is it? I said, well, it's, it's three days and two nights at... Pendle Hill. She's gone, oh my God, yes, yes. <laughs> Don't care if we have to prostitute ourselves on a corner, we will do it. No, I didn't say that. But um, it turns out that you'd actually wanted to do that for a few years. Yes. But your other travel companion yes. didn't do it because she gets a bit scared. Yes, yes. Aren't you lucky you found me? <laughs> Hello, Gail. Hi, Gail. <laughs> 
because I know she'll be listening to this because <laughs> she is one of our biggest fans. Yes. Um, oh, look, there are so many great podcasts and um, blogs and things about the history of England. We could just spend the whole of um, the True Hornings podcast just in England, but we can't. I reckon you could just spend it in Pendle Hill. Yeah, you could. From what I've seen. You could. Now, this goes back to the 1600s. And at that stage, there is a great uproar in the country because kings keep on changing all the time. And so, do, so does the religion that that the country is supposed to follow. So one minute they're Catholic, and then they're Protestant, and then they're Catholic, and then they're Protestant. And oh, hang on, you forgot one. They started off pagan. Well, pagan, yeah. And then well, they were Catholic, then yes. they were Protestant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this this is a huge issue because they go in and they, they um, dismantle everything and they change all the rules. And look, there's always got to be a fall guy. In all of this, it's it's never the issue of the people in charge, and oh no, nothing changes. It's really. Not the aristoc- aristocrat. What was that the word? Aristocratic, yeah, the aristocratic, the posh people, and, and the politicians. It's it's none of their business. And when we go back to the 1600s, the religious leaders as well, mm. not their problem. Oh no. But let's find a fall guy. Oh, yes. And the fall guy... Every time. Were ...in the 15th, 14th, 15th, 16th century were the alleged cunning women or witches. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's let's just go there. Let's just go That's there and make them... has got nothing to do with cunnilingus. No. no. Oh, <laughs> God. All right. I've gone to a new depth. Oh, I'm sorry. Have. No children should be listening to this. You have. Mums and dads out there, I'm very sorry. You may have to explain what that word is now. Ha ha. Have fun with that. Right. So, as I said, <laughs> I wanted to go quickly through the background of the events of these trials so that we can understand this whole horrid affair. And it was a whole horrid affair. And um, again, jumping into the future now, they are really looking at... Um, Getting all of these women um, uh, pardon right yes. now. They want to pardon them. Yeah. So this is an interesting full circle. Mm-hmm. So six of the 11 witches on trial came from two rival families in the Pendle area. And these families were the Demdike family and the Chattox family. Mm-hmm. And they had two... Um, matriarchs who had been around the area for a really long time and they were known as as well one was known as a cunning woman the other one was known as a witch and there is a difference so cunning women are supposed to have all the attributes of witches i guess but they use they use their skills for good always so see. consider them as the white witches of the 21st century oh renata you're definitely uh-huh. not a cunning woman mm-hmm. <laughs> and the others the witches use their genius for black magic and doing nasty things and casting curses and all yeah. that sort of stuff and who came up with that definition yeah, we won't go there. Yeah. All right. So we have the Demdike family and the Chaddox family. So both, as I said, were headed by old and very poor widows. And these these people were poor. And this is what people nowadays forget, that when you're talking about cunning women and witches, these were women from poor families in small villages who most of the time were just trying to save themselves from <laughs> 
starvation, who had very little education, who Mm -hmm. had no one to look after them because now lands were becoming privately owned instead of publicly owned, Mm -hmm. so they couldn't um, farm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And these women had the skills to assist at a birth or to be a mediator between fights in families or to even sometimes keep the law. Ah. That's what these cunning women did. In For anyone that's watching Wheel of Time, a bit like a wisdom. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and they were in many cases the poorest of the poor in these villages. So um, we had Elizabeth Southerns, who was known as Old Demdike, and Anna Whittle, uh, who was Mother Chattox. And both of them were like in their 70s and 80s, right? Which is amazing for the time. Yes, absolutely. So that would have been suspicious to start with. Mm-hmm. So it was accepted. It was an accepted part of village life in the 16th century that there were village healers or cunning women who practiced magic and dealt in herbs and medicines. These people could not afford doctors. No, there was no such thing as a doctor. So who you went to was the local herb lady yeah. who knew how to mix a bit of a brew and, yeah. and get things... Get a poultice happening. Yeah. I mean, you could die from a splinter in your foot yep. if that, it got infected and they didn't know right. how to treat it. No that such thing right. as antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So the difference between a cunning woman and a witch was pretty strong for those who wanted to stay alive. A cunning woman healed the sick, might act as a social worker, might even be someone who oversaw law and order in a village, as long as she did not interfere with the real lawmakers. So it'd have to be on the down low. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a witch could kill people by cursing them or casting spells. I'd be in trouble because I curse the, every day. That was the difference. <laughs> so indeed, it was a time when witchcraft was not only feared, but also fascinated those from common village folk to King James I. And here we have the man that really rips everything to shreds. The paranoid dude. So King James I comes from Scotland and he has to be on the throne for uh, England. And he already is paranoid. He Mm -hmm. thinks the whole world is after him. Mm -hmm. Probably some inbreeding there. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So he is very interested in witchcraft even before he takes his throne in 1603. 1603. Doesn't that just... My mind goes... And actually, when he's coming over uh, with his new wife um, to settle in England, he believes that the witches have have been um, creating havoc because the boat he is on sinks and or is dashed against the rocks. It would have nothing to do with bad weather or anything like that. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's those witches. Yes, he believes the witches are after him already. So he writes a book. Yep. Called demonology. Yep. And this is where all of the demonology ideas and everything that's still around today on TV have spawned from. Mm -hmm. And then the drunk monks got hold of it. Yep. This this is his formula. Yeah. His formula. Which he made up. For getting rid of witches because that's what his intention is. Get rid of them. Kill them. They cannot be living. Yep. 
we can't have any women in power either. And mind you, this is written, like I said, in the in the 1600s, and it's ye olde English. <laughs> it is available if you go to uh, the Gutenberg Project. That's the Gutenberg Project. G U T T. G U T E N B E R B E R G. I think or B U R G Project. I will find the link and put it up for you. You can actually read the real words. The really wordies, <laughs> and try, I like it when you and, read it, Renata. And I hope you can make some sense out of it because I tried for a paragraph and I went, "No." Nah. Yeah, you actually tried to transcribe a soundscape for me, yeah. and it just ended up in a higgledy piggledy mess. Yes. So um, it has now been um, again modernised. But I do appreciate it, by the way. It has been modernised, so yeah. you can actually get a a an English common English transcript. It's just as hard. Yeah. Like, I, I struggled a bit even to read out what I read from that book there, and that has been um, made more modern. Mm. Yeah. So there you go, 1600s. 1600s. So the king's views were also imposed as law, thank you very much, um, and each justice of the peace in Lancashire at the beginning of the year 2000, uh, sorry, 1612. Not 2012, uh, good God, Renata. 1612 was instructed to compile a list of all those who refused to attend church or take communion oh. because that was a criminal offence. We're in trouble. Right. It was a criminal offence. We would have been burnt at the stake, you and I. <laughs> Yeah. So during the dissolution of the monasteries, the people of Pendle Hill openly opposed the closure of the nearby Cistercian Abbey and reverted back to Catholicism when Queen Mary came to the throne in 1553. So here we go. It was Catholic mm-hmm. when Queen Mary was there in the 1500s. And then James tries to change it to Protestant and just burn everything. So the region of Lancashire was thought of as where the church was honoured without much understanding of its doctrines by the common people. So this was a way of really making Catholicism blacklisted. They don't know what they're talking about. The devil actually roams in Catholicism. Oh, right, and, and we as Protestants know we have oh. to save their souls. Isn't this interesting? People and religion, honest to heaven's Betsy's. Yep. And it was this background of unease that the two judges made their investigations and sentenced the Pendle Hill witches. Because, again, they're trying to please the local lawmakers and they're trying to please the king. Oh, yeah. And that's otherwise they lose their head. Mm -hmm. And there was a a recent podcast that I watched and they actually were speaking to a a descendant of Alice Nutter Mm -hmm. and Alice Nutter was one of these um, women that was taken away isn't that a great name I love the name and he actually said um, the 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 person that was doing the uh, interviewing said oh there might not be a lot of nutters in uh, England but we know there are a lot of nutters around here ha 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 and the gentleman said yes oh yes there's a lot of nutters that live around here <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Irish actually <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you were doing Indian then I'm like what the hell and um, he actually said that the nutter family um, who were not poor they actually were landowners but were part of this whole shenanigans on the day it all happened were actually in the wrong place at the wrong time and they were very devout catholics and this is one of the reasons why they were taken right right so story began with an altercation between the accused or one of the accused allison device and a peddler john law 
Yes, and that was part of the the soundscape I read yeah. out. Yep. So Alison was either travelling or begging on the road to Trewarden Forest, and she passed John Law and asked him for some pins. Now, it's not known whether her intention was to pay for them or whether she was begging, but I dare say she was probably begging. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he refused. And so Alison cursed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting about the black dog thing. Yeah. Um, that's associated with it. Um, And when you read through the discovery of witches and the transcript of the trial, you will find that a lot of the people associated with all of this seem to be accused of having familiars. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one of the, uh, another soundscape there that I was uh, looking at, um, which was talking about the black dog and Alison and the peddler. Um, And it was saying, hang on, let me find that part. And as he lay there in great pain, not able to stir either hand or foot, he saw a great black dog stand by him, and with very fearful, fiery eyes, great teeth, and a terrible countenance, looked him in the face, whereat he was very sore afraid. And then it actually goes on to say um, that he saw her... Alison talking to the black dog. Talking Mm -hmm. to the black dog, but not only that... Yeah, and there was the part um, where it was also saying that he witnessed her suckling the dog mm-hmm. on her teat, mm-hmm. which was below her breasts, mm-hmm. um, which was a sign of a witch mm-hmm. because she had her familiar mm-hmm. and was feeding it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, John Law refused. Allison apparently cursed him. It was short while after that that John Law fell lame. Yes. On the ground, he yes. could not move. Now, he blamed this on Allison and her powers. Mm-hmm. When this incident was brought before Justice Knoll in the village, Allison, under pressure, confessed that she had told the devil to lame John Law. Now, when again you read the transcripts of the court case, what that translates into, and what happened was John Law actually had a stroke. So if if you read what happened oh. to him, that he was paralysed really on one side, that so his was mouth lame. was skewed, yeah, all of these things happened. So he came upon her. She allegedly cursed him. There could have been a dog involved in this, like a real dog yeah. that bared its teeth and started to snarl and and scared been, John. You know, you don't know with peddlers. He could have actually tried to do something inappropriate yep. to a young girl walking on the road by herself yep. or begging. And so this fear actually produced a mini stroke and he fell down at the same time that this happened and his whole left side went numb. Ah. Right. So he was later found, taken home, and his son went to the local justice and said, you've got to do something about this because this witch lamed my father. Oh, yes. It's, it's always someone else's fault. So it was upon further questioning that Alison accused her grandmother, old mother Demdike, and other members of the Chaddox family of, of witchcraft. So this is where it starts. They go to Justice Knoll and accuse Alison of witchcraft. Alison takes this to heart. She really feels that there is some sort of innate power in her because otherwise how could this happen? Mm. How could she bring a man down? 
Yeah, because she would be looking at him and see the disfigurement mm-hmm. and what's happened to yep. him. She's done it. Right in front of her. Yep. So she's gone, I must be a witch. And she actually goes to him and apologizes and says, I'm so sorry that I've done this. I didn't I didn't know. I had no idea that I had this power. Oh my goodness. Oh no. And so this is where the court case starts. Oh no. And of course, when she gets taken to court, what does she do? She blames the rest of the family because she's in this family. How old is she? 18? Um, yeah, she's probably 18, 19. Yeah, that's about yeah. right. <laughs> and she says, look, you know, my mother Demdike is a cunning woman. Old mother Demdike is a cunning woman. Um, the Chaddock's family here, they, they do witchcraft. It's it's part of the community. I didn't know I had this power. I'm like, we, all, we just all do this. It's just a thing that, you know, why is all of a sudden this a problem? Right, so the accusations on the Chattox family seem to have been an act of revenge because, again, we've got a complicated issue. This is a small village and it is an us and them village. Yep. So you're either on the Demdike side or you're on ah, the Chattox side. Okay, Romeo, Juliet. Yep, and, and the Chattox, um, the families had been feuding for many, many years. And one of the Chaddox family had actually broken into Malcolm Tower, which is where the home uh, where the Demdikes lived. Mm-hmm. They lived in a place called Malcolm Tower, um, which kind of really wasn't much of a tower anyway. And it seems to be really like fabulous, but it wasn't. It was a shithole, yeah. really. And um, one of the translations of the word of Malcolm, which t- turns into Mokum, I think, or Mokum, which yeah. is slang for shit. Oh, okay. Um, shit it is, tower. It is a shit tower, yep. <laughs> and they stole goods to the value of one pound, which would be approximately about 100 pounds today. So there's been some goings on between yeah. the two families. So furthermore, John Device, family, father of Alison, then blames an illness that led to his death on old Chattox, who had threatened to harm his family if he did not pay annually for their protection. So old oh, mother, we've got a protection record yeah, going so as well. Old Mother Chattox, who is the, the dark witch, mm-hmm. has put a curse on the Demdike family and said that if... If you don't pay me an annual fee, uh, which was in oatmeal, I believe, mm-hmm. then I'll en- en- engage that curse and bring you all down. So if you keep paying me a fee wow. once a year um, and I I will just leave that curse Is floating. that what he said that they said? Well, she's, or is that what she said? She said. She oh, said so that she to had, him. Yeah. Wow. So, so all of them, once they start Lovely go- people. Once they start going to uh, this courthouse, it all starts to rock and roll. It all starts to come out. Right? And meanwhile, the judge has just taken notes of all the names Ooh, that are mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So the deaths of four other villagers that had occurred years before the trial were raised. Yep, so old John the farmer down the road, he died. It's probably got something to do with the witchcraft of old Mother Chattox. Of course. So all, all uh, the deaths of four other villagers that had occurred years before the trial were raised and the blame laid on witchcraft performed by Chattox. Yep. So James Demdike confessed that Alison had also cursed a local child sometime before th- before and Elizabeth, although more reserved in making accusations, confessed her mother had mark on her body, supposedly where the devil had sucked her blood, which left her mad. 
Right. There you go. On further questioning, both old Dem Dyke and Chaddox confessed to selling their souls. <laughs> and Anne Chaddox's daughter was allegedly seen to create clay figures. Ooh, so, oh, how dare yeah. you make a clay figure? Mm-hmm. Don't tell Royal Dalton that, will no, you? No. <laughs> After hearing this evidence, the judge detained Alison, Anne, old Dem Dyke, old Chaddox, and waited for trial. Now, the story would have ended there had it not been for a meeting held at Malkin Tower by James Device, Alison's brother, for which he stole a sheep's uh, a neighbour's sheep. Now, now, this meeting occurred, I believe, on Good Friday. Yes, yes. And everyone had to be in church on Good yes. Friday. Otherwise, they were already breaking the law. Yep. So this meeting at Malcolm Tower was either devised to break that law or it was when they just all got together yeah right and so uh, James Device stole a neighbour's sheep killed it so that they would have food and there was a big group of people in there having also a party having a party having a party they were looking for the Easter eggs for the Easter bunny mm-hmm. So those sympathetic to the family attended, but word reached the judge who felt compelled to investigate. And as a result, a further eight people were summoned for questioning and then trial. The trials were held at Lancaster between the 17th and 19th of August, 1612. An old Dyke never reached trial. The dark, dank dungeon in which they were imprisoned was too much for her to survive. They had 20 people in a cell that was like 12 foot by 14 or something. What's that in metres? Oh, She's not too big. old to know metres. Not, not big, not big. <laughs> but old Demdike being around 80s, yeah. she just couldn't survive that, so she died. Oh, the poor thing. Yep. I bet her chest sounded just like mine. Now, there was <laughs> one person that we really need to mention here at this yes. point in time. Who? And this is Janet Device. <gasps> Janet! Now, Janet was nine years old. Oh, gorgeous little poppet. And she became the key witness, the key supplier of evidence for the Pendle Hill Witch Trials. A nine-year-old? Yes. So up to this time, you weren't allowed to put a child on trial. But guess what? Oh, this is different. This is different. Of course. And from this point on, this was a precedent. Mm. And this is where, um, when the Salem Witch Trials occurred they put all those children on trial as well now janet device was taken away from the rest of the family and didn't go to the jail she was kept somewhere else and we're not quite sure where but when she was eventually put on trial she knew exactly what to say and how to say it she'd been coached without even stopping a moment to think about it Mm, not suspicious at all no so Janet Device was a key supplier of evidence for the Pendle Witch Trials, which was allowed under the system of from King James, and all normal rules of evidence could be suspended for witch trials. So someone as young as Janet would not normally have been allowed to supply any key evidence, but... But... This time she could. So Janet gave evidence against those who attended the meeting at Malcolm Tower, but also against her mother, her sister and her brother. She sent her whole family to the gallows. Wow. So remember that Janet had been taken away and held for weeks prior to the trial. It was actually four months she was held. That's a lot of time to coach someone. She was groomed. She was absolutely groomed. So when she gave evidence, uh, her mother, Elizabeth, was in the court and she screamed at her daughter to stop, 
screamed and her daughter and cursed her and her daughter said you must take her, her her away so they they took elizabeth out of the court and then that is when janet stepped up and accused them all it sounds very much like salem mm. so some of the pendle Hitch- uh, witches hitches witches <laughs> seem to be genuinely convinced of their guilt whereas others fought to clear their names so alison device was one of those who believed in her own powers and was also the only one on trial who was faced with one of their victims john law when john entered the court it was documented that alison fell to her knees confessed and burst into tears well, I mean, you've got to think through or look through the eyes of the 1600s and witnessing that. Of course, she thought she had powers. Mm-hmm. Yep. It would have terrified her. She would probably like, well, no, take me, take me away. I don't want to hurt anyone else. Mm-hmm. So in conclusion, it seemed to be a range of exceptional circumstances that led to the extent of these witch trials. Indeed, Lancashire was exceptional in the number of witch trials that were held in comparison to other regions who experienced the same degree of social depravity. The money that could be made from claiming powers in witchcraft in the 17th century probably caused the declarations made by the two families. They may have been in competition for the best reputation in the area. This backfired and the wild accusations escalated, fueled by general feelings of unrest and fear of witchcraft across the county, making this the biggest and most notorious witch trial in UK history. And um, some of this uh, information that I got came from the Historic UK site and also about three or four um, of some awesome, awesome podcasts that I think I rewatched five times mm-hmm. because I just kept on trying to get snippets of information uh, out of it to kind of try and understand how witchcraft and, and cunning women and this whole this whole thing was embedded into these small villages and how the small villages were just continually in fear by the big lords and the landowners and the king and everyone else that had power over them because these people had no power whatsoever. No, they were helpless Mm. and very superstitious. Very superstitious. Does that mean it's my turn? It is your turn. Oh, boy. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Um, well, did you know that Most Haunted went there? Yes. Oh, they did live, live cross. It was fabulous. But look, um, Pendle Hill is actually quite a big area. And there is a lot of reported activity. I've, I've tried to draw out some of the ghost stories that are reported. I, too, watched some um, YouTube things. And uh, there was a group of uh, young men that went to the St. Mary's Cemetery there, which was supposed to be quite haunted. And um, they had all their gadgets out. They were American, I think. I think it's called Overnight, the the channel. And they were getting activity left, right and centre. Mm-hmm. Um, they they had a, a REM pod down there and they're going, if you want us to leave, make the REM pod go off. And they go, oh, wow, the REM pod's gone off. Oh, wow, okay. Um, is that you, such <laughs> and such? And so the thing's go. Oh, wow, Rampod's going off. And then something else would go off down the other side because it was just out of shot and you don't know exactly what's happened down there. But they kept saying, if you want us to leave, <laughs> and the things would go off and say, we want you to leave. Mm-hmm. They never left. Mm-hmm. They kept hanging around there. Mm-hmm. But there's some, um, some of the people involved in the trial were buried in that location. So anyway, let me get on to some of the stories before I get into... The um, the most haunted. Okay. The, actually, that episode did something for me. Oh God! Oh. Now there is the Lower Wellhead Farms, located in a rather well-known region of Lancaster, Lan- Lancashire. Oh God, I'm sick. Everyone, just bear with me. Known as Pendle Hill. All right. So this is going uh, talking about the witch trials and uh, what happened to them and all that sort of thing now the reportings reporting the reported phenomena that happened near this farmhouse mm-hmm. they have tall dark shapes that have been seen walking around the outside of the building and in the dining room. The dining room? The dining room. These houses would not have had a dining room. They would have had one room. That's it. Yep. Um, There's whispering noises in these old houses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the feeling of being strangled. Oh. Oh. There's also supposed to be an unknown mischievous spirit in the master bedroom who likes to open drawers. 
What house are they talking about? This so is the farm. There's a farmhouse, and this is where they ended up with um, the the most haunted team. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit discombobulated. I yep. hope I'm making sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, right, so it's it's fine. But I'm I'm. We didn't this... get to go to this place, and I was a little peeved because I really wanted to go to this yeah, place. But you know that that place isn't really the place. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. This, this is most haunted. Well, when they talk about a dining room and a master bedroom, I know. a master bedroom. For, oh I know. my god! I, I'm, yeah. Oh my god! Right there goes one of my reveals. Right, thank you. Okay, sorry. There's also, as I said, the one that opens drawers. But yes, there is a ghost that snatches the door from people's hands. Oh. It's terrifying. But they do say that there is a spirit of a little girl aged around seven to nine that has been identified by, guess who's identified her? Derek Okora? No, not Derek. This is mediums. Oh. oh. The mediums say Mm -hmm. that it's Janet Device. Yeah, you know Janet died. Don't, don't, don't. (laughs) Don't. Okay. I've got more on Janet. Um, all right. Poor little Janet. Poor little Janet. And as we know, she was one of the key witnesses. Her she ghost was... has been seen wearing a white nightgown whilst crying in the upstairs bedroom. Mm-hmm. Did you know they had a multi-level house? Upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. Apparently, apparently there's also dragging noises that are often heard along the walls of the upstairs corridor. Oh. God. Could this be made by Elizabeth Demdike or Southerners? What have they called her? She died in a cell and aged 80. But it was more known to be the neighbouring farm, Tyndale Farm. I think that's where they ended up with most hauntings. Mm-hmm. But there's also a place called Haunted Happenings and they run uh, ghost tours and weekends. I can't remember who did our weekend. They really enjoyed it. It was yes. great. And they, they took us to an empty field and said, this is where the house oh, is. Yes, yes. Well, hang on. We'll, okay. we'll get to that. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, don't, don't let me forget okay. because right. I, I may forget. Um, so the, they said that they've, they've got ghosts from all eras. It's not just the Pendle Hill witches. Yeah, yeah. They've got airmen um, whose planes were bombed in the war um, and also people who have died on the hill yep. or are haunting in there. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's locals that refuse to go to the hill point black after dark because they are terrified by the sightings of spirits. Now, there was one report that I read of some investigators going up and they climbed all the way up. It took them hours and hours to get to the top. Mm-hmm. They saw nothing on the way up. They did some spirit box sessions and things up the top, got nothing, and then walked all the way back down the hill again. And by the time they were getting down the hill, it was like four o'clock in the morning, uh, and they saw two lights off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And it was really off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they had photos there uh, and they got excited because that might have been a ghost or a could have been a car, but, you know, yeah. it's a ghost. <laughs> and then they snapped some photos um, of these misty forms that Ooh. were in front of them. Ooh. It's four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock in it's the morning. England. And I think they've just had a cigarette because I'm pretty sure that it was smoke. <laughs> all right. Oh, anyway. Um, all right. So the, these guys actually had an interesting thing happen Mm -hmm. now in england when we go and do tours they all embrace using ouija boards 
Yes, and, and I love glass it. dowsing and table tipping. It's they're all into that stuff, which we love. Uh, apparently, they were doing a terrifying Ouija board experiment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I could do one of those. <laughs> um, which was carried out at the bottom of the Malkin Tower, the home of the two of the most notorious witches. When a random tooth landed on the table. Oh yes. So this this, was Victoria Barker who was reporting on this from Haunted Happenings. Um, She said they're all sitting around and this really old yellow tooth just landed out of nowhere. We were all really shocked because we just could not remember where this tooth had come from. It wasn't like someone present could have thrown it on the table. It really shook us all up because we could not establish where it had come from. The yellow tooth which on later investigation was revealed to have belonged to an adult. They must have had a dentist with them to be able to tell them that it was... Part of the team. It was, just as it is. And they think that the adult was around 40 years of age. They've even carbon dated it. Wow. Um, And, you know, one of the ladies there kept it as a souvenir. Of course you would. Uh, I'd put that in a necklace and wear it. Mm -hmm. Be nice. Bit of gold. Um, but that is interesting, mm-hmm. right? Yes, if it comes out of nowhere, mm. that That's is important. very. It, it's it's very 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 interesting. Is the, the tower's not there? They only no. think they know where the tower. Yes, and the tower was a tower, but with a a bit of a um, hut attached to it, a shed or a shed, yes, <laughs> or a hut, whatever, attached to it. And um, as they say, it sounds fancy. But it's not. Yeah. It's not. And we know these tower buildings were built um, as a, a precursor to occupation. Mm. So towers were placed all around the place so that they were, became vantage points yeah. um, for uh, people to so see. So it was a watchtower. Yeah, for people to see. A dilapidated watchtower. Anyone coming. Yeah. yeah. So they probably took it over because it was dilapidated. Yeah, and it was up on the hill. Yeah. So it was away from all the other buggers who'd be sticking their nose in their business. Yeah. Um, so th- I think that was the place where they took us Yeah, in the field and there was a, a sort of a grassy bit in the middle. They yep. said, we think that's the well. Yep. And then they taught us to do something that we'd never done before. Mm. And I had a bit of an interesting reaction to it. You did. So what they taught us was the human pendulum. Mm-hmm. So this was pre-COVID, guys. We all had to stand around in a big circle around what they thought was the well in the location of the Malcolm Tower. Um, And then they got us to all close our eyes and somebody stood in the middle and said, you know, this we're, we're going to form a human pendulum, listen to our voices and we'll direct you on what to do. And then they started to go. We call upon the ghosts of Pendle Hill to come forward. We want the witches to come forward. Walk up behind these people here and make your presence known. And um, th- they were saying things like, place your hands on the shoulder of these living people that are here and rock them back and forwards, make their presence known. And I'm fine, I'm rocking. Mm-hmm. I'm going back and forth. And then they were going, um, the the spirits of the, the witches now make people's hands light as a feather so they float up. And next minute I know my hand is starting to go up, hanging on to the person next to me. I'm dragging the other person's hand up with me and I'm in my head I'm going, what the hell is going on here? Because I'm really logical. Maybe I had a bad prawn that night. I don't know. Um, 
And but they were also being very divisive. They were also mm-hmm. saying things that, you know, in in your heart were making you very angry. Yes. And this is what happened next, is that they started to be rather unkind yes. to the witches. Yes. And say things that were... Very um, accusatory. Yeah. You know, you black-hearted hags and selling your soul to the devil yes. and, and harming people against their will. Yep. And all of a sudden, I became very angry. Now, whether I was taking on a persona of one of the ladies who was accused of the witches, witches or whether it was my subconscious, I don't know. But all of a sudden, I started to, still hanging on to the hands of the people next to me, walk towards this person. My eyes were shut and I wanted to kill him. Mm. I wanted to hit him. And they started to freak out a bit because I was getting rather aggressive. Mm-hmm. Renata was very amused. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> but... Was it a hypnotic suggestion? Now, I've had people try to hypnotize me before. Couldn't do it. Mm. Was it hypnotic suggestion? Was I picking up on the injustice of those women or was it my subconscious? I don't know, but it was a fabulous experience. Mm, It was. And we had been primed for a few days as well. So this came right at the end of the experience uh, of the weekend. Um, We had been taken on a bus tour throughout Pendle Hill prior to this and we stopped at museums and we stopped at local areas where uh, these families were associated with and we were being told tales and uh, we also had other experiences. And this was a culmination of the weekend to go up to Pendle Hill and to go to where Malcolm Tower was supposed to be and to experience the energy left from that night, that accursed night when that collection of people came together and then were raided by these other people that came to take them away, never to be returned to Pendle Hill, never to see the light of day taken to Lancaster Castle to meet their end. So this was this emotional, deep emotional connection. Now, I'm going to refer to another little bit of... um reported phenomena that was fairly recent there was a lady that took a photo within St Mary's churchyard of uh, what she believes is Janet mm-hmm. um, and she's saying you know this is this is the child and it's staring out at me from its deathly white face and an ice cold stare from her black eyes and you look at it and it's it's moss on a the back of a headstone or the front of the headstone, which we see in cemeteries or graveyards all the time. Mm-hmm. It's pareidolia. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. There was even one that they turned upside down to show it. And I'm going, you're going too far. <laughs> but uh, they referred to, here it is, she believes she saw nine-year-old Janet Preston, one of the witches who was hanged. Yeah, let that th- sink in for a second. Yeah, she no. did, she wasn't hung. No, she wasn't. Hanged. She she lived. She was one of the ones that dobbed him in. But yep. you know what happened to her later in life? Yeah, you tell she that got story. accused of being a witch. Yes, and she went on trial herself. Yes, but she escaped. Yes, by that stage they decide you actually needed evidence mm. rather than just the word of somebody else. Mm-hmm. But it just shows that that lady is is you know pulling things out of her ass. Didn't didn't, didn't read a history. <laughs> no. 
No, I'm very disappointed in that. But let me get on to... Um, oh, this was a great description of the most haunted uh, experience. I'll read it out to you. Okay. Just try not to lose it. Don't wheeze too much. It was Halloween and Yvette and Derek went out on Pendle Hill to investigate old farmhouses to search for the Pendle Witch's Sabbath. The first cottage saw the team picked up on Elizabeth Depp. Now they've put D-E-M-D star star E. Apparently there must be a swear word in the middle. (laughs) And Derek got possessed as her and threatened the crew. He was removed from the building. Poor Derek. He was removed. Oh my goodness. But it's okay. Derek came back in. And they all tried glass divination. And the glass moved by itself. Oh my gosh. And then... Derek again shouted, I'm Elizabeth Southworth and not Demadudududu and was taken outside yet again. (laughs) Poor Derek. I love this description. The alerted team then went to a ruined farmhouse and Derek started to choke and said a witch was trying to hang him. He said that the other nine witches were following them. The last location was Tyndale Farm, where Derek said 11 witches were with them. They've been picking up a bus load as they went. Oh, I hope they had a big bus. The team started glass seance, and Elizabeth Southworth got in contact with the crew and spun the glass around the table. John the sound man started to choke, then Stuart collapsed, then John the cameraman collapsed, then Kath fainted, and then Carl... Just Carl. <laughs> that's that's the um. She is that the husband of Yvette. Oh, who cares? Oh, Renata, this is exciting. <laughs> then the table snapped and the show ended with the glass smash because they ran out of time. Oh. That's what it says. <laughs> Oh, my God. But I actually do remember that. There was people going down left, right, and centre, and it was like they were dragging them out of the house, and then there was just nobody left to keep filming. It was hilarious. I mean, it was quite terrifying at the time, because I... I I need to watch that. You do need to watch it. But it was because of that episode that I started to try glass dowsing. Oh. Yes. That's where it all came from. There you go. So that... I'm very grateful to that one, because that, that... helped me out there but wasn't it a great description amazing amazing now apart from that awesomeness mm-hmm. um i found another little story about some people who were doing some uh works for the water board so to speak mm-hmm. um and it actually showed some of the practices of what would have been witches or cunning women or whatever you wanted to call them, the superstitions that were surrounding it. So, I mean, we're going on about, you know, these poor women who were trialled for witchcraft, but there was witchcraft going on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So Pendle Witches Pogrom haunts water workers after finding a mummified cat. Mm -hmm. So the Jacobean era's infamous witchcraft trials record the reservoir repairs at Pendle Hill dig-out cottage with bricked-up feline. So they Apparently we're doing some work there with the water engineers and it was just meant to be a very benign sort of disinteresting job at the Pennine Reservoir. They found a buried cottage. Now there's actual photos of this buried cottage and it is in great condition. Uh, but what they found inside one of the walls was a cat. Mm-hmm. Now whether the poor cat accidentally got bricked up and I know that during the uh, earthquake we had here um, 
I had a friend who had workers come in and do some work and a cat did get bricked up inside the wall. Oh, dear. And then they had to break it down and get it out. Um, but you'd think it'd be making some noise, wouldn't you? Anyway, uh, it was the gruesome tomb had been hidden for at least a century under a grassy bound lower black moss. Now, the practice of walling up a cat with the animal sometimes still alive is known to have been a medieval precaution against evil spirits. Mm-hmm. And the tradition survived into later centuries in remote areas. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. Poor pussycats. Mm, yes. But let's let's just have a little think. I mean, um, oh no, I'll read your story. I think we've got time for a story. Yes, absolutely. And this goes back, people, okay, remember, and this is why um, cat, black cats and witches' familiars um, become so well-established as something really interesting because people didn't actually keep cats as pets No, back then. They were there to catch the rats. That's it. They had a job to do. Let me read you this one. It's Whitley Lane, Horstones. Horstones. I had to find Horstones. I had to find something really good because we're going to do our naughty road trip around England. So yes. I thought, let's find some Horstones. In 1633, Edmund Robinson, an 11 year old boy from Wheatley Lane, accused a group of his neighbours of witchcraft. So, once again, young children. Yeah. The boy told two justices of the peace, Richard Shuttleworth and John Starkey, the following tale when they interviewed him at Padham. Yeah, interviewed him at Paddenham. Yep. Edmund claimed that he had been out gathering wild plums one evening when he saw two greyhounds, <laughs> words, my nose is blocked, greyhounds, in a meadow. One was black, the other brown, and both had golden strings attached to their collars thinking that he recognized the dogs as those belonging to mr nutter and mrs robinson the lad took hold of the strings deciding to abandon he searched for plums and with the dog's help catch a hair or two for the pot what a good boy hmm. the hounds however refused to cooperate and when they failed to chase a hare that he flushed out Edmund beat them both with a large stick. Oh, naughty boy. Horrid child. Naughty boy. The boy claimed that at this point, the black dog changed into Mrs. Dickinson and the brown one into a small boy who he did not recognise. Oh, no. Mrs. Dickinson offered him a silver shilling if he would agree not to tell anyone about this. But Edmund replied that he would denounce her for a witch. On hearing this, the woman took a bridle from around her waist, threw it over the strange boy who had taken the form of a white horse. Then pulling Edmund onto its back with her, she galloped into a large house called... Horstones. Horstones. Edmund went on to describe the things he had witnessed at Horstones, including men and women drinking and carousing together, eating lumps of seared meat which they pulled down from the ceiling with a series of ropes, and seeing three old crones take clay images from the beams and stick thorns into them. He escaped from his captor as she joined in with the antics and ran, greatly distressed, to tell his father what he had seen. As a result, Edmund's story 
a jury at Lancaster found 17 suspects guilty of witchcraft. Oh, my God. They did not hang, however, and a report of the trial reached the King's Privy Council, who ordered that four of the witches should undergo examination at Greenwich. The four were Janet Hargraves, Frances Dickinson, Mary Spencer and Margaret Johnson. The medical jury who examined these women declared that they could find nothing unnatural, such as a third nipple, on any of them, even though Margaret Johnson confessed practising witchcraft. It is unclear what happened to the accused following this declaration, that there is no account of an execution of witches taking place around that time. Mm. So it's all very similar stories. Yes. I wonder what he did that he got in trouble that he needed to um, yes. dig that story up. Because I'd say that's what it was. Mm. He's got in trouble for something. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're all witches. They're just, oh, they're out to get me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kids, and they're all in one room. There's none of this upstairs bloody bedroom business or dining room business. They all live in the one room and sleep in the one room. Yep. So kids will have their ears open and be listening to the adults talking and make up fairy tales. And probably the adults would spend um, many a darkened hour telling ghostly stories to their kiddies to keep them at home. So all, all this becomes fodder for these, these stories. Mm. And you don't know what the children are promised when they go to these courts either. No. No, you don't. Uh, And it wouldn't take much to sway a small child to say what you want. Uh, Look, now, I'm going to to jump to the conclusions now because we're we're running out of time. And there is so many stories, so many. But I found this great article. Now I probably can't find where it was from. Uh, But they were saying that, you know, once the camera crew came, and did Most Haunted, then they've got a plethora of people that are arriving. And now we've got really good business in Pendle, Pendle Hill yeah. where you can have any sort of tour you can possibly imagine. Um, and it doesn't mean that the stories aren't true. And the history is true. It is true. It doesn't mean that the ghosts aren't true. Mm-hmm. But there is a good business and they're mm-hmm. making the most of it. Mm-hmm. Um and when you've got a transcript of the, the trials yeah. that go back to 1500 where you can get that information from, well, that's gold. Yeah. So since 2005 up to 2015, Lancashire has 81 reported encounters of non-explained supernatural phenomena. Oh. Of those, no less than 23 were witches, mm-hmm. 28% which is a big stati- statistics of, 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 God, I've got the, uh, <laughs> it's a big percentage mm-hmm. of what would be considered normal phenomena in the paranormal world. Mm-hmm. You don't normally see witches. That's true. You see you know, black shadows, poltergeist phenomena, that sort of stuff. But how do they know they're witches? Well, what, you know. Are, are they standing there with pointy hats and uh Do you think wand? that maybe the TV show had something to do with it, raising the profile of it? People are mm-hmm. going to go to these locations and what are they looking for? Yeah. They're looking for the witches. Yep. Yep, and they'll find them. They will. Well, you'll have a personal experience. Mm-hmm. But to this day... They've not really found anything that says the witches are there. Mm-hmm. Now, they even say that the Society for Psychical Research in London, 
went and investigated. Mm-hmm. They found nothing. The ASAP, which is the Association for Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena, has no reliable documentation documentation of paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. So it's all hearsay, personal experiences, what people think it would have might have been. Mm-hmm. We've been there. Mm-hmm. I I think if there were going to be ghosts there or residual energy or anything, it's of these poor women and the men Mm -hmm. who were accused and and to this day, like that TV show that I went and watched, the YouTube thing, they're still saying these evil, demonic, horrible women that were witches and calling them awful names. Yep. Yep. They were just humble, ordinary peasants yep. trying to do the best they could in pretty dire circumstances. Mm-hmm. And we as investigators are still going out there. Asking the wrong questions. Asking the wrong questions and also being absolutely bloody minded about the demons and the devils. Because that sells shows. It certainly does. It sells shows. So I got a little bit by the time I got to Did the end you? of this one. Good. Watching these people get up there and and call them horrible names. Can it's we, poor can, women. Can we go back? Yeah, can we go please, back? We'll, can we'll, we go, we'll back? go back. We go back. We'll go back and we'll say to them, we love you ladies. I'm yeah. so sorry this happened to you. But I mean, in a way, they, they made their own bed, didn't they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And long-standing family arguments, um, a very small township or a very small village. Um, this had been going on for a really long time. It, it was inevitable that something was going to happen. But one place that I would love for us to go, which we didn't get to go, uh, was Lancaster Castle. Because oh, yes. that's, that's where they all stayed. Yeah. And that was still running... And I had stories from Lancaster Castle yeah. that, I, that I could have um, shared, but there was just too much. Yeah, that was still running um, as a prison. What? Because they had a prison area there. That was still running as a prison um, up until 2011. Wow. We're going. We're going. All right. We're going. Well, that brings us to the end. Now, Renata, is it a true haunting or not? Look, I think having been there and having sensed many things while we were there, and we haven't even gone into our trip and and how it was there, um, I really feel there is a lot of latent residual energy. And I think that there is room for healing and that healing can be done by reaching out to some of these spirits that are there. We don't necessarily want to move them on, but we do want to offer our our healing to them. Um, Whatever else happens with other people, that's their issue, not ours. That's their their shit. Um, But I would like to go back and continue to offer some healing. Yeah. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of True Hauntings. I hope you have enjoyed it. I hope you've put up with my voice. If you could do us a favour, head over to our YouTube channel, Anne and Renata. Make sure you subscribe. There's lots of videos there so you can see our faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and join us in our online communities. We're going to be restructuring and doing all sorts of things in 2022. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very exciting. Very exciting. But in the meantime, guys, see you on the dark side. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. 
subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 